Listeners, remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Rose partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe co slash clink sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that medication costs are separate that's ro.co slash clink Hello, listeners. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers online therapy, which is something I have personally benefited from and believe in. Online therapy is a tool I have used to talk things through with the therapists that are difficult before I handle talking them out with whoever is intimidating me at the moment. Turns out I am easily intimidated, but online therapy has helped me work through it. BetterHelp can help you too, because I know for me, keeping things bottled up has had a negative effect on my life and just weighed me down. When I prioritize letting it out and letting go, I feel freer, lighter, just basically better. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clink today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clink. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime, and in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. Here we go. It's Tab and Gretchy. Again. Okay. So we want to start off by just saying, you guys, that we don't want to make light of any of the current events and it has been weighing heavy on our hearts. So much so that we don't see ourselves fit to discuss it. So we just want to put it out there that our hope is that all the voices of equality, inclusion, justice, and peace are being echoed enough for all of us to heal and change. That's right. Ditto. So we're going to leave that there. And now we're going to talk about some crime. Great. But first, before we talk about crime, Gretchen, yeah, let's talk about what we're drinking tonight. I, I'll go first. Okay, okay, you go first. I have a new drink I'm going to show you. It's called 
Presto Sparkling Rosé comes in a four pack. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. And it's like the cutest bottle. Can. It's like in a can. Yeah, can. It's a little can. It's imported from Italy, by the way. And it's so good. Oh my gosh. You know, I have the perfect koozie for that. You do? Yes. Actually, that is so funny because our friends Susie West and Christine Moroski sent us... Christina. Christina sent us a beautiful package and it had a Blue Angels koozie in it that is like perfect for your hard seltzer, sparkling rosé, etc. Thank you. Gosh, Susie and Christina, you guys are amazing. Amazing. It was really sweet. Thank you so much. Yeah, we really enjoy all the goodies. I have to tell you, Gretchen has made a promise that she's going to wait till July 4th weekend. I did. To dig into all these crazy snacks that they gave us that look so freaking good. You guys have no idea. I am a, I love pralines. Yeah. She, like pecan pralines are my favorite. Yeah. She's a praline slut. So July 4th weekend, Gretchen and I are taking a full keto break one day only. And we're going to go to town. I'm going to hit it. Yeah. I'm going to hit it with lots of rosé and chocolate. Oh my God. In our Dreaming. blue angels. Dream In our blue angels cups. Oh it's going to be awesome. Gosh. Well, that's fun. You know, what's not yeah, fun. So thanks girls. What's what? I said, you know, what's not fun. What's not fun. Finding a big old dead rat. Oh, you know, what's not fun. Mm-hmm. Finding a mouse in a rat trap because you know those uh traps are made for big rats not tiny mices they explode all over yeah and you know those exterminators they don't clean up the mess they just like pick up the rat they and do go. it's not full service oh it's no no not in my hood oh my gosh <laughs> not full service but i did call a fucking exterminator bitch, bitch. yeah I don't know. My kids are so savage, though. All they wanted to do when we found a dead rat was look at it. Oh, my kids cry and want to bury it in our yard. Yeah, your kids are like way cooler than mine. They are (laughs) compassionate. I don't know what's wrong with mine. They're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But then they're like, Mom, why are you taking a picture of it? I'm like, oh, to send a tab. (laughs) (laughs) The ironic thing is that Gretchen and I sent the picture maybe not even five seconds apart from each oh, other. Ironically. Yeah. I was like, look what I just found. She's like, look what I just found. I'm like, oh, God, let's just throw up right now. Yeah. The little girl came from down the street today and she was like, are you guys finding a lot of pincher bugs? And we have a major pincher bug problem. Oh, yeah. In our neighborhood. Yeah, those are I don't so know what's gross. going on. Yeah. I mean, it's like thousands, Gretchen. It's real weird. Oh, God. And she's like, yeah, we have like a lot of rodents and pincher bugs. I was like, oh, welcome to the club. Yeah, I know. Everyone acts like they're so above it. It can't be just us. It can't be. No. When that one biatch wrote me and said, call an effing exterminator, like I am the only one that has the problem. I know all you guys have the problem too. Please yeah. tell me you do. At least yeah. just tickle my fancy for a second. Oh, geez. Well, not that kind of fancy. I know. Wow. 
Don't go there, Gretchen. But you didn't say what you were drinking. Are you drinking anything fun tonight? I'm not drinking anything fun tonight because I don't have any calories left. Oh, I probably don't either. But I did do a Peloton ride. I saw that. I ago. saw that. Good on you. You're on fire. I decided I love the classic rock rides. If anybody has a Peloton out there. Oh, that is so interesting that you're talking about rock music because my story involves a rock star. No way. Yes, it does. From what era? 80s, 90s. He's still really killing it today. No way. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Not going to tell you who it is yet. Well, I do love a good rock song on the Peloton. I will tell you that. Yeah. Tabitha is such a basic bitch. Whenever ACDC comes on, (laughs) (laughs) she is on fire at the club. ACDC, Bon Jovi, oh, yeah. Journey. Oh, yeah. All of it. Yeah, that's your I love jam. it so much. I do, I do. So I can't wait to hear it. So I am ready okay. for, for it. Let's hit it. Okay, today I'm going to tell you a story that takes place in your hood. My hood? Well, sort of your hood, Westwood. Oh, I used to live in Westwood, remember? Yeah. That's where I had Kyla. Yeah. It's a suburb of, would you say it's a suburb of Los Angeles? Yeah. It's where you see Los is. Angeles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Our city of angels. This story was brought to my attention by listener Jess Ann. Oh, yeah. I know, Jess. Yeah. Real quick. It's actually considered the city, not a suburb. Yeah. Yeah. But LA is so weird. It's like all divided into like spaces. Yeah. So it's right next to Santa Monica and Century City and Rodeo Drive. So I lived in Westwood and walked to Rodeo Drive. Yeah, which you would not want to do right now. No, no. Anyways, thank you, Jess. Now, Connie and James Navarro were married Mm. in... Oh, now she knows who it is. (laughs) (laughs) We're married in 1960. And they were a real cool couple. James was an ad exec and Connie was a model and not just any kind of model tab. She was on your favorite show. Three's the Company? Pri- no. Oh, The, the price, price is Right. The Price is Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. But you know, my favorite sitcom during the 80s was Three's, Three's Company. Company. Yeah. Come yeah. and knock on my door. Oh, so good. Right. Okay. So Connie, clearly ultimate disco biscuit. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Those prices, right, girls, or had it going on? Right. Okay. And James, not too shabby himself. Okay. Mm-hmm. The combination of these two produced one of the most beautiful people in the world, the one and only Dave Navarro, legend. Mm-hmm. Jane's Addiction, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. <laughs> He's super hot. He's super hot. Everybody loves him. He's been married three times. One time was to Carmen Electra. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. They had a reality show, Till Death Do Us Part. I loved it. (laughs) Right. Did they die? No. Well, it just said the death, Till Death Do Us Part. Yeah. And it was like kind of dark in the beginning. It was like chronicling their journey up until their wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wasn't she also with Dennis Rodman? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. 
Let me tell you, for research purposes, I started following her on Instagram and everything. Mm-hmm. She's still smoking hot. I know. I mean, really. So is Pamela Anderson. Like, could you just get a muffin top or like something? No, she never will. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. She's on those. I'm like, <laughs> she, doesn't she live in Malibu? They have some good doctors so. out there that like provide lots of good supplements. Yeah, she's so cute. And I looked at all of her old stuff. Do you remember she was like one of the first pussycat doll girls? Remember how much we loved the pussycat dolls? Yeah. 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 Okay. So when Dave was six years old, his parents split up. They went on to have one of those post-divorce relationships that is so admirable where they still did things together like go to dinner together, you know, for the benefit of the Dave. And um, I love that when people make that that happen. I mean, I always kind of think like, why don't you guys just get back together? But I mind my own beeswax. Mm -hmm. Okay. So post-divorce, Dave's mom put down the Plinko chips and opened her own gift shop and moved on to dating new men, as did Dave's father, Dave himself, says that he was used to his parents dating people and, you know, he was cool with it. So when Dave was 13 in 1981, Connie got in a relationship with one John Dean Riccardi. I'm going to call him John because that is his actual name. But when you hear Dave talk about him, he he calls him Dean. Okay. That's his nickname. He goes by his middle name. Yeah. But police officers and other people call him John. So anyways, I'm just calling him John. Okay. John was new to L.A. Him and Connie met at a neighbor's party. Initially, Dave liked him. John was like this really buff New Yorker who was super charming and drove a Cadillac. Real man's man. I'm not sure exactly what he had told his LA friends he did for a living, but I'm sure it wasn't the truth. See, John had a burglary con he had been running for years in New York, and it had caught up with him a couple of times, but he never did any serious time for it. He didn't want to give it up, so what he did was move to LA to distance himself from the con And he would just tell, you know, Connie that he had to go back and forth to New York to visit his father. So basically what he did was alongside with his partner in crime, they would go and look at high-end real estate and pose as businessmen. But what they were really doing was casing the joint. No way. Yeah. So then they would just come back later and rob him. Rip off the stuff. Yeah, apparently he was like very skilled at breaking and entering. He would do it in a way so people didn't even notice their stuff was missing for weeks. Oh. He would like remove whole windows, go in, put it back all nice. Yeah. Take the jewelry. Yeah. Right? It's like you go for your Rolex watch and it's gone. You're like, I don't know when that left the building. Right. Maybe the maid took it. That's what you would think. Well, yeah, I accuse everybody of taking everything until I find it in a different place. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Basically, John Dean Riccardi was like your classic con man. So things were great for a while with him and Connie. He spent most nights at her place. But things began to change. He got more and more controlling. From how people describe Connie, she always saw the good in people. And that's a great quality. It's not one that I possess. But I do like people that are like that. But it's probably also why her asshole radar didn't go off for a while. Okay. Yeah. We tend to have like asshole radar pretty quickly. Yeah. You more than me. Well, you're dating a guy. You don't know exactly what he does for a living. He flies back and forth to New York all the time. Drives a Cadillac. Well, that sounds like he's a business guy. Yeah. No. But I, you know. I don't know. Oh, you know what is crazy? Remember that guy that flew back and forth that was hitting on me at the bar? Avenatti? Avenetti? Oh, yeah. Lawyer guy? Yeah, he's, he's out of jail. Arstis. Oh, he is. Because of the COVID. Oh, my gosh. You know, he got sent to some okay, crazy Okay, we're not saying the name right, but we're talking about um, Stormy, Stormy Daniels. Daniels. We're talking attorney. about Stormy Daniels' attorney. Yeah. He stole money. Yeah. And he got sentenced to prison for a lot of years and COVID hit. And so he got released. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. Everybody out there that knows the story are thinking we're total idiots. But go ahead. Okay. So the relationship with Connie and John lasted about two and a half years. Connie tried a couple of times to break things off with him, but he was a master manipulator and he always sucked her back in. He would threaten to kill himself, like Mm -hmm. shit like that, you know? Mm -hmm. But Connie must have known in her gut this guy was bad news because she finally made a clean break from him or at least attempted to do so. Her little gift shop was in financial trouble and on the brink of closing, and he offered her $50,000 to save it. And that is a lot of money. Now, in 1983, that was certainly a lot of money, but Connie didn't accept the money or the strings attached with it. And instead, she closed her shop and told John it was just, it's over. But it wasn't over for John. He made stalking Connie his full-time gig, and shit got heavy. He would do stuff like show up wherever she was with her friends and just sit and stare at her and not say anything. Connie would go to her car and find that it wouldn't start, and he would appear out of nowhere and be like, hey, where are you going to go? That's weird. Yeah. The stalking continued to escalate. He started breaking into her apartment and listening to her answering machine, you know, making sure she's not dating anybody new. She had dinner with a prospective employer. This man was a happily married guy in town for business from Connecticut. At the end of the dinner, he gave Connie a peck on the cheek. And when he got back to his hotel room, he received a call from John telling him to stay away from his woman. The man received another phone call from him saying something along the lines of, I meant what I said. I know where you live in Connecticut and what flight you're on. Mm. The man figured he must have broken into his rental car and come across all of his personal information. Scary, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So this guy let Connie know about the phone calls. And by this time, Connie was already living in fear of John. And this just added to it. She had let all her neighbors know that they were broken up. And please keep an eye out for him as he is not welcome. So one day when Dave was homesick from school, he heard John break in and he was scared. So he hid in the shower. He heard John play the answering machine messages. So he did something very smart. He started to yell out like, hey, mom, Dean, are you here? Like to diffuse the situation. Yeah. Yeah. That is smart. Okay. So, but John is Dean. John is Dean. Okay. Just making sure. Okay. And John broke in. And John had broken in, not expecting Dave to be there, right? He's homesick from school. So John responded, oh, hey, man, you know, it's just, it's just me. Mm -hmm. And he went up to the bedroom and he said, I want to show you something. And he pulled a gun out from underneath Connie's bed. And he told Dave that he was really sad about losing his mother and he thought he might kill himself. Oh, God. Dave got real scared and about being, you know, right next to this guy with a gun. And so he started to bolt to the bathroom. But John got in and pulled a pair of handcuffs (gasps) out and cuffed him to the toilet. No way. That's so scary. Yeah. He said at first, when he tells the story, he says he had him like with his arms around the base of it. So he was face down in the water. Oh, my God. He changed it, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Still. Okay. So eventually his mom came home and saw him in her house and was like, oh, my gosh, where is my son? And he made Dave yell downstairs, you know, tell your mom you're okay. Mm -hmm. And he did. And then John went upstairs and apologized to him and said, don't tell your mother about this. And Dave didn't. No way he didn't. No. Dude, I would have. I know. I know. But you're scared as a child. You know, you don't know. You're probably scared. Oh, yeah. He was 15. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone in Connie's circle, including her ex-husband, James, was very worried about the situation. James asked Connie to move in with him, but unfortunately she didn't. And on a Thursday night in 1983, when Dave would have usually been home but had decided to stay at his dad's that night, Connie and her dear friend Sue Jory came home to her apartment. Connie went upstairs to her room and was confronted by John. He fatally shot her using a pillow as a silencer. Connie. Connie. And Sue Jory heard the confrontation and ran upstairs to see what was going on. And then he fatally shot her as well. Oh, no. Yeah. I had no idea about this. Yeah. 
bananas, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he tried to make it look like a intruder robbery or something, but he didn't do a great job, and it didn't really matter because everybody knew right away who it was. And but he did have a chance to flee. So it wasn't until the next day when Dave's father couldn't get a hold of Connie and he went to the house that he discovered her and Sue Jory and called the police. And then they began to look for John Dean Riccardi. So police went to John's apartment, but he was long gone. He did leave behind handcuffs and a bunch of guns. Okay, he had also left Prince behind at the scene. I mean, it was it was clear. They were on the mm-hmm. hunt for him. He was guilty AF, you know? So Dave's dad has to tell him about his mom and her friend and that it was this man that they knew that had killed her or both of them. And he's still out there. It's Dude, and Dave is like, he almost killed me. Yeah, it's terrifying. He probably was like saved by his mother coming home, you know, when he was like on the toilet. Yeah. So Dave says even at the funeral, they thought that like he might show up. Yeah. That he was in so much fear that, you know, you just can't rest enough to even grieve. So years go by and John is still on the loose. I mean, this has got to like really fuck with your head. Yeah. Yeah. He was still on the loose in the late 80s when Jane's addiction was at the height of its success. No way. They could not find this guy. Mm Mm-mm. Dave threw himself into his music and drugs. He also explains in the documentary he made about his experience dealing with his mother's murder, which is called Morning Sun, that he would do and say really dark stuff in an attempt to show people he was okay. And this kind of reminded me of a story I read about him a while ago in Bobby Brown's book, Dirty Rocker Boys, which is a good read, FYI. It's lighthearted if you need something like that and very juicy. Okay, so in the book, she tells a story about the first time she hung out with Dave at his house. Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown, the makeup lady? No. Bobby Brown, the model who was engaged to Tommy Lee, and then he dumped her. And four days later, he married Pamela Anderson. She's in the cherry pie video. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she was at Dave's house and. This episode is sponsored by Astapro. Thanks Astapro for providing Tab and I with samples. Shout out to all my allergy suffering friends out there. You know how they say it's that time of year for allergies? Well, for me, it sort of feels like it's always that time of year. I thought I had tried everything until I recently discovered Astapro. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. 
Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. It's Fastapro. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Clink, clink. Fun fact, listeners. Actually, not so fun fact. Did you know we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic a week? Yep, that's right. The products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. So Blueland set out to do something about it by eliminating the need for single-use plastics in the products we reach for the most. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful, cohesive design that look great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Refills start at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. It's really a game changer because it's such a space saver in my crazy life. No more bulky bottles of liquid filling up my cabinets and my Costco cart. I love it. And you will love this. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash clink to get 15% off. He left her, like, I guess in the living room or something while he went and got it on with a girl, he told her like, hey, stay here, watch this video. I'm going to go fuck this star fucker. (laughs) 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 And he had, she's like, she definitely knew this was the star fucker he was talking about because he had like put a sticker that said star fucker on this poor girl. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Anyways, he left her in a room watching a movie of himself masturbating. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then he came out of the room and asked her how she liked the movie and then (laughs) shot up heroin. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, it's it's a really good book. Yeah. Yeah. So in his own documentary, he talks a little about how he's an exhibitionist, but I mean, yeah, let's say for sure he is an exhibitionist. Um, I'm not judging it. I think it makes sense. I think especially the way he explains it, it's kind of like a distraction for people. So he doesn't want people to be uncomfortable with the fact that something so crazy happened. So he started mm-hmm. leaning on that. And then you just start leaning on that and then you get into the adrenaline and then you just take it further and further and further until you're masturbating on video and showing it to girls. Okay. Apparently. <laughs> okay. More. Okay. Anyways, I am just glad he's sober and healthy now and the world enjoys his musical talents and his beautiful self. So I'm thinking for a second real quick. He wrote a book. Did he write a book? I don't Did, know if he wrote a book. I didn't find it. He, or maybe, he made he, but he made this documentary. Uh huh. I am having this recollection. What year did that documentary come out? 2015. Yes, he was on like a radio 
program back then. And I remember listening to him. I want to say it was like one of those talk radio. So they had like a lot of time with him Mm -hmm. and he said a lot of stuff and he probably did talk about his mom dying, but I can't remember. But anyways, I just remember that I was like, I really want to watch that. That sounds really interesting because his life sounded really interesting. Could it have been Joe Rogan that he was on? I wonder if he was on. Oh, maybe. And he also has been on a lot of shows because he's on like this Ink Master show or something. So he's always like around promoting it and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So that's, do you recall that now? He's such an interesting guy, right? Because now he's totally sober. Yeah. And is he married? Not currently. Not anymore. No. Didn't work out with Carmen. I was real brokenhearted about it. Of course you were. Oh, yeah. So, Gretchy. Yes. And I want to tell you, I know you're in the middle of telling me about Dave Navarro, who we very much adore, but I'm going to tell you about something else that I very much adore these last couple weeks. Okay, tell me. It is a supplement company called Care Of... I took this super convenient online quiz. Did you take yours yet? I did. And it asked us questions like, how well do you sleep? I don't. Gretchen doesn't. What kind of diet you're following, which all we all them. know. <laughs> all of them. But at the moment, keto. Yeah. How often do you work out? At Currently, the moment. a lot. Yeah. A shit ton. <laughs> yeah, a shit ton, but followed up by a lot of stagnant time. It was super hassle-free, right? I mean, it was easy. It was easy. Even I managed it. And then they came in the mail and a week, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yep. And so I've been taking my creatine and my electrolytes. And I will tell you, even in this last week of workout, I am feeling like I can work out a little longer and I'm not looking like Hulk Hogan. Okay. Okay. You're on fire. I am. So they gave us a code for 50% okay, cool, off. Because I want to be on fire. <laughs> I know. Well, you haven't started taking yours yet, I guess. Yeah, I have. So anyways, our listeners get 50% off of their first order with the promo code clink 50, you know, like we say clink, clink, but just one clink, clink 50 at www.takecareof.com. Again, that's takecareof.com promo code clink 50 to get your 50% off. Okay. So after six years, the police decide to bring in the FBI to find this double murderer con man that vanished. And they put him on the most wanted list. Okay. Mm -hmm. Guess what that led to? TV show. Yes. America's Most Wanted. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. So he gets on America's Most Wanted. And they did an episode about him when the America's Most Wanted episode aired, they got a tip that he's been seen at a gym in New York. So they go to the gym, but it was too late and he never came back. Oh no. Damn it. So they aired the story again. And this time they got a tip that he received plastic surgery and he had a girlfriend with him. So they went and 
checked out the plastic surgeon's office and all that stuff. They didn't find him. Okay. So then they aired the story again. They don't quit. Eight years after the murders in January 1991, they aired the episode with sketches of what he would look like now and the girlfriend that he was traveling with. And they got another tip that he was in Houston, Texas. Texas? I was going to think Florida. Right? Mm-hmm. Nope. He was there and he was still driving a Cadillac. And FBI agents swarmed in on him and America's Most Wanted was there too. And they filmed the arrest. Oh, that's awesome. No way. Yeah. The America's Most Wanted reporter asked him if he committed the murders. And he said, no, darling, I didn't. (laughs) Like, yeah, puke. Right. Yeah, like yeah. we know you did, buddy. You're a con man. Yeah, still trying to be charming. Gross. Okay. Did he use his Texas ac- accent? Like he no. got there 20 well, minutes I mean, that's before. all I've ever heard him say is, no, darling, I didn't. <laughs> and it wasn't like, no, darling. It wasn't like, no. Yeah. But, you know, but he didn't sound like a New Yorker. Like, you know, not Brooklyn accent. No, darling, I didn't. <laughs> No, he didn't sound like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, whatever. Okay, so in his Texas apartment, they found $500,000 worth of jewelry, $87,000 in cash. Wow. And in the VCR, they found a tape of his America's Most Wanted episode. Oh, my God. He's like really He's like full of himself. Watching it over and over, like, look how good I look. Oh my God. Yeah. Gross. Okay. So he was charged in Texas for theft. And while he was at the courthouse, he managed to smash a window on the 10th floor and get out onto the ledge. No, he did not. Yes, he did. He was out there for 12 hours before they were able to bring him back in. Oh, my God. Yeah. The crowd outside of spectators was yelling at him, just jump. Oh. (laughs) Then he yelled back at them stuff like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) In his his Bronx accent at this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so he ended up serving three years for the theft charges in Texas, and he was then extradited to California for the double murder trial. His former partner in crime testified at the trial that he had confessed to him about the murders, and his stepmother also testified that he had confessed to his father, Mm. and she heard it. So... Dave and his father were present throughout the trial, which is so heavy to sit in the same room with your mother's murderer day after day and relive the tragedy. And he's like a rock star by this time, you know? Mm -hmm. He spoke to the court about how this has destroyed his life. John Dean Riccardi was sentenced to death. Oh, death row. Yes, but... He was sentenced to death in California. 
But that was a while ago. Is he still on death row? Well, actually, in 2012, he got his death sentence overturned and received life without parole. Mm. And he is serving his time in San Quentin. Okay. So, like I mentioned before, Dave made a documentary about his mom. And when it came out, he did a lot of press to promote it. He even went on Dr. Bill. Maybe that's where I saw it. Maybe that is where you saw it. Anyways, so he's talked about it a lot is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. But recently, Geraldo Rivera did an episode about the case for his new series, Murder in the Family. And he asked Dave to participate, but Dave declined. Oh. So now Dave's got beef with Geraldo. (laughs) Okay. I mean, if he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, it's fine. But this is okay. So this is what Dave has to say about it. He says, I understand that true crime is a big moneymaker. In fact, I'm a fan of programs such as this. But when they chase down the dollar instead of having feelings of the loved ones in mind, that's when I have to say something. He also added that the episode has inaccurate facts and total abandon for the triggering effect a program of this nature could have on a family. So... What I think when I'm going to watch this is that I'm going to see some like sleazy, Geraldo, exploitive content and a really differing version of events from what, you know, I've read and seen in the documentary. But I mean, I'm going to tell you what I found. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it. Okay. Okay. What I found was that. It was the same version of the story that Dave told himself in the doc. I mean, it was like Geraldo actually acknowledged that he watched the documentary on the show. I mean, it's like he just picked out pieces. He doesn't get into all the emotional torment that Dave gets into in the documentary, but he just pulled the story straight from the documentary. Right. He interviewed the same police officers that Dave did in his documentary. He interviewed the same producers from America's Most Wanted that Dave did. So I was confused as to what Dave was talking about. Like, I don't really understand why he's got so much beef with Geraldo. I will also say, though, if I was going to recommend which show to watch, I recommend Morning Sun. It's so raw and revealing about how tragedy shapes you. And unlike the Geraldo show, you get a real sense of what a warm, genuine, funny woman Connie Navarro was and how close a relationship she had with Dave. She was like this cool mom. All his friends loved her. They had that bond that I see a lot with single parents where, you know, when it's just like you and the kid, they depend on each other in a way that's different. Yeah. They're for sure, really 100%. good friends. And she seemed like she was his best friend. She really supported his music. He was really open with her in a way which is really unusual, I think, for a 15-year-old boy to have a relationship with his mom like that. I think it is that mother-son relationship without the father in the home. And I, I hate to say that, but, you know, my husband had the same the same thing. Like, yeah, he 
his dad was in a different state and he was super close to his mom and he was always very respectful and, and, you know, it was just different because they only had each other. Same type of thing. Yeah. So I can see that. So Dave said something that like broke my heart in the doc. He said, if John had really wanted to hurt his mom, he, he should have killed me instead. Cause that would have been the thing that would have hurt her most in the world. Well, I feel like he was trying to, I don't think he was, but maybe he was Gretch because why would he be like, Hey, look at this gun. Like, I bet you he was thinking in his mind, like, could he do it? And maybe he just didn't have the resentment or whatever he had for Dave that he did for Connie. So he didn't, he couldn't bring himself to do it. Well, there is also the thing that, you know, Dave was, would typically have been there on a Thursday night. So maybe he was going to kill all of of them. Yeah. So I think Dave has some survivor's guilt too wrapped up in all of the other emotional trauma he's had to carry around. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he says over and over again, I should have been there. Yeah. And that drug use too, just it, like after that, it just, it changes you as a, as a person overall. Yeah. He says in the documentary, he had smoked pot and stuff before, but it wasn't until the night that his mother was killed was the first time he picked up a joint and realized like, oh, this can numb you out. And then it just, you know, never stopped and escalated and everything. It's very insightful. Okay. So he, in the documentary, goes to San Quentin to visit John. Yeah. Okay. So obviously they can't film while he's in there with his mother's killer, but he talks about it in the car leaving and he was shook. He said it was like feeling every vulnerable emotion from his childhood all at once. And when he saw him, John was like, whoa, what are you doing here? I didn't sign the papers that said you could come in. And it was interesting to hear how Dave reacted. He didn't like rage on him or, you know, have to be like, you would feel like, like maybe that's what you should. And he said he actually like kind of felt guilty about not feeling that kind of rage. Mm -hmm. But he just told them, I just, I just wanted to look you in the eye. And then he said that they had a conversation, but it was just kind of all over the place that John just wanted to talk about himself. Of course, people don't change. People don't change. And he said he just kind of realized like, you know, all this guy is now is an old man that's going to die in prison. So ultimately, he said the visit helped him because he has been flooded with memories of his mom that had been locked away, you know, for many, many years. And then he ends the documentary with, you know, those piercings that are like, it looks like a like a, a sphere or something mm-hmm. like a, like a spike. Yeah. Okay. He takes one of those and he pierces his forehead. 
himself. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, or maybe the girl does it. There's a girl there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it bleeds so much. Okay. Mm-hmm. So much so that he hangs his head over a wine glass and the wine glass catches all the blood. And it's a big wine glass. Okay. And the wine glass is pretty full of blood. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he's like out in the desert. With this girl. Does he drink she, it? No. She takes the glass of blood and she paints a picture of his mother. Oh, no way. That's crazy. It actually is a really beautiful picture. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's Dave Navarro. He's got to do something. Wow. Crazy. And he says that I just think that the person that I became because of her death is something. He says, I just think the person I became because of her death is someone she would like to know. Oh, that's nice. It is. So rest in peace, Connie and Sue Jory. Yeah, that's so sad. Yeah. Wow. I mean, really events shape you. Major events like that shape you for sure. Oh, yeah. Because who knows what he would have been without her. Maybe his or with her still alive, maybe his music wouldn't have been so intense and, you know, impactful if he was just grew up just loving music, but not really taking it to heart. Like I feel like his music, especially Jane's addiction, it's just so massively powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And he has this thing where he likes to push the boundaries, make feel people feel uncomfortable. I mean, like, honestly, I cannot name another member of Jane's addiction. I mean, but I've always known who he was. Mm-hmm. And he's not the front man. You know, he's I just know. a guitarist. I know. Yeah. But I definitely recrushed on him during this whole thing. <laughs> do you love him now? Yeah, I do. I do love him now. I mean, I haven't had a... It says he's like, a, a cr- piano player. Who? Dave? Mm-hmm. No, Jane's that's addiction. not. Is that not right? Yeah, that's not right. Yeah, 100%. I didn't, I haven't liked a, you know, rock star-ish guy since high school. Perry, Fe- Perry Farrell. That sounds familiar. That's the, uh, that is the uh, lead singer founded by Perry Farrell. Maybe it was the problem was his name was Perry Farrell. It's really hard to say. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, really not easy to say. Too bad he left um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. That Well, they only dragged him in for five years. I love that band. Yeah, well, he's still friends with them. I know. He reunited. I read an article with them, whatever. But he wasn't one of the original members or anything, you know? No, they kind of, you know, pull and switch yeah but yeah i don't think i could crush on anthony kiedis again though i mean i used (laughs) to love him i had like the poster with him and the sock you know oh my god i do know Uh, yeah you know that they played at my kid's school last year oh my god of course yeah i forgot about that and so i see him all the time yeah so is he not crush worthy anymore Mm -mm. Mm -mm. he's 
you would not know him from a different dad. Like he's has short hair and he doesn't dress like rocker. You know, I've seen some old rockers around and they still dress rocker. He does. Yeah, I think Dave still does. Let me tell you, people are obsessed with him. So there's this I was looking for him, like his social media profiles. And I there's a group. I thought it was him, but it's not. It's called Dave Navarro Group. And it's just 3000 people. And they just post pictures of him and drool. (laughs) (laughs) You have to request to be a member. and, And they're like active, like every day. They're like, and here he is in black and white. Such, and then everybody comments like he's, oh, my gosh, what a beautiful man. I love him. Oh, yeah. Well, so it's not just me. They have one of those groups, too. It's called Housewives, a true crime group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's more interesting than just pictures. Maybe that's what we should do. Just put pictures of ourselves up all the time. No, just pictures of Dave Navarro. Oh, up. that might actually get, get people moving. Yeah. Well, let's try and see. Well, you're going to do it today. Yeah. You're going to put some pictures of Dave yeah, Navarro yeah, yeah. I'll up try right and now. Find the best ones. Okay. Well, that was a good story, Gretchen. I definitely didn't know. I mean, if I ever heard of it, I didn't really like pay attention. So, yeah. Thanks for that. I like that was a little bit different of a story. Mm-hmm. Straight out of Westwood, California. Mm-hmm. Guys, if you have not joined our Patreon or Himalaya membership, that it's a good time to do it because join Patreon. Patreon is where it's on. Gretchen likes Patreon better. I don't give a flying F. Sometimes I think Himalaya is just as easy, but you know, whatever. They're both $4.99 and you get lots of extra content. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And you get the same stuff. So I just post the same exact content on each of them and we give you what you want to hear. So also I just want to do a couple shout outs to a few of our reviewers. Gretchen will be very happy this week because we got all good ones. Oh good. Miss A842 She says, these ladies are the best. Thank you so much. She loves that you call the IEPs IPAs. (laughs) She said, your teachers should be laughing. (laughs) And she says, shout out from Ventura County. So thank you. Ooh, nice. Uh, Funny ladies. This girl says, Beast LMM. They make me feel like I'm sitting with them and drinking. (laughs) Bottoms up, girls. Well, thank you so much. We're not alcoholics, though, by the way. ADD <laughs> um, says, bringing back SoCal memories. This one I liked. This one, they were stationed at the Marine um, Station at Camp Pendleton. Do you know where that is, Gretchen? I do. It's really close to you. It's very close. And um, we make them feel like they're back there. So that's really nice. Favorite podcast by Stylist Mel. Love the podcast. Look forward to Mondays. Thank you. Caitlin Elizabeth, favorite crime pod. Thank you so much. Susie O.W. I want to say this might be Susie. Uh, oh, listen to nice. 
laugh at life and hair great. And Sandy Geo Q, something like that. Love the banter. Thank you so much. And maybe one more. Blue's so awesome. Awesomeness. Clink, clink, ladies. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Yeah, that None was... of you have to eat a dick. <laughs> no, but not, not this week. <laughs> so not this week. if you haven't rated us and you want to, we would love it. Thank you so much. We're trying to get to a thousand. And so if you have yet to do it and you have Apple, just scroll down and write a little review and we'll give you a little shout out. And I think that's all for this week. Gretchen is yawning over there because we hardly ever do a nighttime podcast and it's 10 o'clock. It's like way past her bedtime. Yeah. What do we say? True crime in bed by nine? That's what we say. <laughs> it's, it's not happening tonight. It is real late in the mothering household. Yeah. Tired as a mother. By the way, I told my husband I was going to record. And I know that he did not put the kids to bed. So oh, that's fine. I will be doing that now, right now, at 10 o'clock, which is okay, a little we'll get late. used to this craziness because it's summertime. I know, I know. I need, I need shit to do. I'm going to come to Orange County. You know, my, my friends, they have rented a house in Orange County because they think it's more open. Yeah, it is. It is. She yeah. was on the we beach talk- today. Oh, yeah. It's, it's open. Maybe I'm coming down to visit. Okay. Okay, clink, clink. Clink, clink.